Hello and thanks for listening to RTE Radio 1's The Rolling Wave podcast with me, Aoife Nick Carmick. In this episode, I'll be talking to fiddle player Danny Diamond about a musician who inspired him greatly, Belfast fiddle player Andy Dixon, who died last April. I hope you enjoy it. So my next guest, Danny Diamond, is a fiddle player from Dublin who's now living in Minneapolis in the States. He has many albums to his name. I'm sure many of you would know his work uh, on the album North with Connor Caldwell, his own solo albums and, of course, his work with Slow Moving Clouds, a band he played with for about five years, I think, and lots more, including a new album which is due out very soon in 2021. But tonight he's here with us on The Rolling Wave to talk about a fiddle player who was an inspiration to him, Andy Dixon. Dixon from Belfast, who sadly passed away last April. Danny, you're very, very welcome to The Rolling Wave. I'm delighted that you're going to be talking to us about Andy Dixon and his music tonight. A fiddle player who's perhaps not as well known as he should be. But maybe before we talk about him, we should start with a tune. So this is a set of barn dances he recorded for Gantry on TG Cahar a few years back with Brendan O'Hare on flute. Dixon on fiddle and Brendan O'Hare there from an episode of Gantry on TG Cahar and many thanks to Forefront Productions and TG Cahar for the use of that track. Um, Danny Diamond, Andy Dixon was a huge figure in the musical life of Belfast but tell me a bit about his origins. Where was he from? Um, Andy was from a place called Bridge North in Shropshire in England. Um, He moved to Belfast in his childhood and went to Campbell College in Belfast to school. His dad had relocated for work. Um, there's not a whole lot known amongst his friends circle, including my parents, which is my big conduit to him about his life outside of music. He was quite intensely private, um, but we know that much. Um, then in his early adulthood, he went to London in the late 60s, mid late 60s. And there are all these legendary accounts of him being involved in the recordings for All You Need Is Love, where the Beatles drafted in loads of people to to fill out the studio um, for the big kind of cacophonous band sound in the background. He was working as such as a busker in London and apparently was friends with Don Partridge who became kind of prominent, had a hit record or two, as started out as a busker and even uh, Roger Daltrey from The Who. But he injured his hand, he injured his right hand. He was a finger-picking kind of folk guitar player in, in those days. I don't think he was playing the fiddle really at all. And... Um, after his hand injury, he couldn't play the guitar with the same dexterity or sensitivity. And uh, this is the, the legend anyway. And then he moved back to Belfast in the early 70s, very early 70s. And that's kind of when his uh, identity as a traditional musician kicks off. And the traditional music then, was that learnt as an adult or do you, do you know where that came from? I've had some really nice chats this week with my dad and Jerry McCartney, another old uh, musical buddy of Andy's. And a few others just tracking down some of these little bits of information. Um, it seems that, yeah, he, he did come to it as a adult learner. But with that, he was a very proficient guitar player underneath. And he, he learned very quickly. Jerry and Dermy would have met him in Donegal at this famous encounter where two different 
groups of Belfast musicians um, on a kind of musical pilgrimage to Donegal encountered each other in the same pub. 1972, I think that happened in. And uh, they all joined together and ended up forming a band together and being lifelong friends. And at that stage, Andy was already playing the fiddle, but he was by no means like the complete fiddle player he would be even a, a few years later and he was really voraciously learning tunes and things like that so he was still kind of getting his getting his music together at that stage. You've mentioned your parents and we'll talk about um, them and their connection with, with Andy in a minute but you yourself how did you know him or how did you get to know him? I didn't know him half as well as I would have liked especially to be talking on the radio about him <laughs> but uh, nevertheless I, I ever since I was a kid his name was you know in circulation in our house because my parents and Andy had been such uh, he had been maybe the key kind of musical influence on on Dermy and right up there on Tara my mom Tara who plays the flute and Dermy plays the fiddle he was like a mythical figure and and in his later years and Andy was very private and himself and his partner Anne had moved to Balnahinch in County Down kind of just around the time that I was on the scene playing in sessions and moving or traveling between Dublin and Belfast to see friends and things like that. So as I as I kind of came on the scene, he was he was stepping back Um, in later years. He played regularly in the Errigal pub in uh, the Armo Road in Belfast. And I would have seen him on occasion there just in a session or, uh, you know, the typical sad case at uh, funerals of family members or or musical friends up in the north. Um, I would have met him and sometimes had a tune in the aftermath, you know. Um, but yeah, most of my knowledge of him is, is really through my parents, their stories of the 70s in Belfast, the music and the just that kind of environment that they played in, the challenges, the, the violence and all. It's just so heightened and kind of mythical to me. And then the musical version, often the tunes just have this kind of extreme, en- you know, edge and energy to them. That's just so it was exciting, like it was like hearing the Bothy band when I heard them as kids. We'll talk a bit about Belfast in a second, but um, Tara and and Dermy, your parents, were in a band with Andy Dixon. The band was called Nabuchali, with your um, your mum Tara being the honorary <laughs> <laughs> the honorary Buchel. Tell me about Nabuchali and uh, how what they did and where they used to play and who was in it. Well, they ran from approximately seventy three up to around nineteen eighty, and I think it was just work commitments and and adulthood that kind of uh, scuppered it. There was no no, no major fallout um so they had a good run um they never recorded anything commercial and they were very much an kind of an informal band um just you know they played in in pubs more so than in in um kind of formal settings to the odd formal gig and they would have played mostly the kind of anchor uh spot as far as i know was the the old house or the owl house as my dad calls it a pub which is now gone it was on albert street in the falls road it actually was just around the corner from where my my kind of the ancestral the, the diamonds family home where my granda was from um on mcdonald street so uh yeah they that would have been their base and they also kind of toured around to flas and festivals together and would have picked up a lot of tunes on those trips and brought them back and brought them into the repertoire tell me who's in it because we're going to hear a track from them now a track that you've sourced so tell me about the, the track and and who's in it sure yeah the the, the full lineup it's fairly fairly big band it was Eugene, Spoolie, Kelly. I never hear uh, Spoolie called Eugene, only Spoolie. So Spoolie, Kelly on guitar, Dermy, Diamond on the fiddle. Uh, actually, initially the banjo and then towards the end on the fiddle. Um, Andy Dixon on the, the fiddle too. Tara Bingham, or Diamond, as she became. 
on the flute and Tyra only also joined kind of halfway through the the band's run Jerry Garvey on vocals and concertina and Sam Weir on the baron and Jerry McCartney on the banjo mandolin and banjo and then the tune that I picked out it's a a couple of reels from a gig towards the end of their their career as a band in this recording Jerry McCartney and Jerry Garvey aren't there but the rest of them are um as you can you can kind of hear that work commitments were were already having a, a toll on the the lineup you know um because it was a gig in in Donacadee in County Down so they had to travel out of the city on a weeknight I guess it's at a folk club called the Tivoli Folk Club it's 1978 and the the tunes they're playing are the four courts and one of Paddy Taylor's reels from a band called Nabuchali which uh, featured um, Andy Dixon who we're talking about tonight on the rolling wave with fiddle player Danny Diamond Danny the, the traditional music scene in Belfast was obviously greatly affected by the troubles um, Martin Dowling has written a lot about this and he, one, one sentence he wrote he says that occasions for sharing traditions became if not physically impossible then highly inconvenient if not downright dangerous uh, a highly charged scene to say the least in which to be trying to make music what do you know about that time and, and the music being played by people like Andy Dixon there I only know you know, I know I've heard so much of it and so much of it kind of informs my own music and my own family's life but it's all second hand for me so um I saw a photo that Jerry McCartney took, the banjo player from Nabuchali, who I just mentioned. I saw it during the week. My dad sent it to me of this pub, the Owl House on Albert Street um, in the early 70s. So in the era where they would have been first playing there. And it's just kind of incomprehensible to imagine that music was going on that context. There's barricades on the road. There's like a a wire mesh improvised barricade or, or like protective screen outside the front of the pub, like where the footpath meets the road. Um, so there's this narrow little channel in behind it's about 10 or 12 feet high and the, the people then who are congregating waiting to go in I'm not sure what, why they're outside there's a gang of people kind of in, in that little cage outside the pub and so like my mom would have been traveling from the North County down which was you know her the area she grew up in and her own heritage was quite was very much from the kind of Protestant unionist community as were many of the others involved in the traditional music in the North at that time, it was very kind of bipartisan, as they say here in the States, but it um, is probably less so now, um, which in itself is a whole other interesting chat. But they would have been going across, you know, contested ground to get to the session, being stopped by checkpoints. If someone had looked in the boot of their car, they could literally have been shot uh, for playing traditional music. So it was so highly charged. And I actually asked some of the people I was talking to during the week just like what almost what were you thinking you know keeping it going but uh, it was just uh, youth and I think stubbornness and, and insistence on keeping on some degree of normal life in the face of all this insanity you know 
uh, that drove them on. But I do think the music has a, I mean, it's it's almost a cliche, but I think it's real that there's this intensity and, and drive and kind of life to the music, which is uncanny and kind of mm. remarkable. Yeah, yeah, the, in the character of the music, yeah. And, and there were some very interesting people ar- around at that time. I mean, we're going to hear a piece of music now. Um, and, and I should say, you know, that um, we're very fortunate for tonight's programme because although Andy Dixon himself didn't record commercially very much, a lot of people made home recordings of him, including Marcus O'Murahu and Pat O'Connell. And we were able to access some of those recordings which are now held in ITMA. And we're going to play one of those now. This is a concert recorded by Pat O'Connell and thank you to him for allowing uh, us to use this tonight. But this was a memorial concert for a man called Tom Delaney, who was an archaeologist. It took place in 19. 19- and he had passed away I think he was only 32 but the, he as far as I know he used to organise archaeological digs and there was some lineup of musicians among the the archaeologists working with him Danny isn't that right? It's uh, suspicious because I know he had such a big interest in the music <laughs> um, that he was employing all these uh, unemployed musicians so I think at one stage my dad Jeremy Andy Dixon Bernie Stocks, who's a real mainstay fiddle player of the session scene in Belfast as well for for many, many years. And Hammy Hamilton, who went on to be, you know, one of the leading flute makers in the Irish tradition and players um, who lives in West Cork. They were all working on the big dig in Cork Fergus, which was Tom's kind of, I think, biggest archaeological achievement before he was cruelly uh, his life was cut short, you know, at only 32. Uh, he was uh, running the excavation of Carrickfergus Castle, which was a really important project, one of the biggest sites in the north, really. Uh, but some of those people were, it wasn't pure uh, <laughs> fitting in musicians to jobs because Dermy, my dad, although he is a musician and worked for most of his life as a scientist, he actually did a degree in archaeology before kind of switching career later on and Andy Andy also was a architectural draftsman that in his for his work so they were validly so, so there they had reasons yeah. they had, they had reasons for being there okay and um this this concert as i say uh this was recorded in 1979 and a familiar voice introduces these these tunes and uh, these are Tommy People's Reel Tie the Bonnet and Richard Brennan's favorite Perhaps we should uh, banish misfortune with the music of Andy Dixon and Tara and Dermot Diamond. Hello. Um, We're going to play a few tunes. Um, Mostly dance tunes. When we're all ready. we're going to play are three reels from Donegal. We don't know the names of any of these at all, but um, we'll play them because Tom has an association with Donegal.
Tommy People's Real, Tie the Bonnet and Richard Brennan's favourite, played there by uh, Tara Diamond, Tara Bingham, Tara Diamond, uh, Dermy Diamond, Andy Dixon and uh, Eugene Spooley Kelly. And uh, that was introduced by uh, Seamus Heaney, of course, at the start. And that recording was a concert in honour of uh, Tom Delaney, who had passed away around that time in 1979. Um, Danny Diamond, I know you see... Um, Andy Dixon as being a very important person I suppose in sort of in the transmission of music back to Belfast and that he sought out unusual tunes in areas like Fermanagh and Leitrim and Donegal and then brought those back into the session repertoire in Belfast tell me a bit more about that Again I've been kind of excavating after the fact a little of the of Andy's uh, travels you know Andy didn't um, as far as I know work in like a steady employment for, for much of this time after the Carrick Fergus dig, um, he actually part of his part of what enabled him to travel around the north collecting tunes was that um, he was friends with Kieran Carson, the great poet and flute player, and Kieran Carson wrote, was working for a long time as the traditional music ar- uh, officer for the Arts Council in Northern Ireland. So he would get Andy gigs as such to drive people around. Uh, who were on tours or on arts council tours and that would enable Andy to get have an excuse I suppose to travel down the country in a, in a musical context and I think key people that Andy met and learned music from were Cal McConnell in Fermanagh and um, Ben Lennon and the other Lennon family members in Leitrim and the Leitrim Fermanagh border um, and he would have fed these tunes back into the session repertoire onto Nabucali in Belfast and then they would have, uh, some of them via flute player Frankie Kennedy in Belfast would have gone on to be part of the Altan repertoire. And where I live in Minneapolis in the States today and there'd be people playing what I think still, because I know them from my folks, are obscure Fermanagh tunes that were collected by Andy, but they're now global. It's very interesting indeed. And you mentioned 1976. And um, as I say, he didn't make that many commercial recordings, but he did make one with um, singer Ted Hickey and Oliver Brown on fiddle and Donal Lunny. It was a cassette recording released in 1976. It's just called Beneath the Green Tree. Um, and you've picked a track from it. Tell me about this track and, and then we'll have a listen to it. This is a track called McCahill's Reel. I really liked the just I hadn't heard this recording before the few days ago and it's just got great energy to it. It's a lovely track, but it's a tune that I've also played since uh, childhood and I hadn't heard Andy play it before. Um, I think the tune I was trying to figure out, it was recorded by Tommy Peoples in the uh, not long before these guys recorded it. I was trying to figure out, was it one of these people's compositions that wasn't formally attributed to him you know but it's also um very much associated with the other great Donegal fiddle player Danny Meehan I wouldn't be surprised if either of them had um written it there's a there's two tunes that the, there's a second one that they don't play to McCahill's reels um because they they don't come up in any previous recordings at all so um maybe someone else can can point me in the right direction on that but it's a great reel anyway Absolutely. Well, we're here. If any if anyone has information on that, we'd be delighted to hear it. The Rolling Wave at rte.ie. And uh, this is Andy Dixon with his, his friend Oliver Brown on fiddle. And this is McCall's Reel. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
there called McCahill's Reel from a recording called Beneath the Green Tree from 1976 and uh, that was a recording that uh, singer Ted Hickey made but in that track you heard um, Andy Dixon with his friend Oliver Brown on fiddle. Oliver Brown, Danny Diamond, he, he was another big figure in in that scene, in that music scene in Belfast. Yeah, I think Andy had this, um, based on what I know of him playing with Oliver and then with Dermy afterwards, he liked to play with others, not just solo out front it's definitely part of the kind of reticence in his character, you know, and he liked these fiddle duets. So I think the Oliver initially and then Oliver didn't live in Belfast for that long. He lived there for from 74. I can't remember what year he left, maybe 78 or around then. And then Dermy kind of switched in and became the duet fiddle partner. Um, but it's great to hear Oliver's playing. He definitely had a big influence on Andy and I think a huge influence on the Belfast session scene of that era. He kind of raised the bar for instrumental playing he came up from Dublin and you know um kind of exploded on the scene he was uh studying computer science I think in Queens uh at the time and he didn't he didn't stick around and he now lives in the states and I know he's he's not really a prominent as such fiddle player these days um but I just think his playing as as you hear in that uh, recording is just Absolutely fantastic gorgeous. and it's great to, to kind of shine a light on his music a bit yeah, as well definitely okay well Danny you've talked about the family connection you've talked about the sort of emotional connection that you, you had to Andy Dixon but I know you also find great inspiration in his in his fiddle playing tell me a little bit about that indeed yeah I, I have since I, as far as I can remember uh, I was saying earlier that kind of edgy energy that that his playing has that a lot of the the music musicians of that era in Belfast have I find that really attractive and I'd say that's some of that is kind of internalized just from even hearing my parents playing which was so shaped by him you know um I think the thing I get from him there's certain things I mean listening to the music um in a more analytical way during the week like there's things like the the way he plays roles unconsciously I think the way I play roles are very the timing of them and the the crispness I would like aspire to play them like him um but a big thing would be the license he took with tunes I don't know where this comes from in his something in his kind of creativity maybe just his character um he would often totally rework tunes into new versions and following from that my dad Dermy is is infamous for doing the same um taking great license and 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 you know changing keys and changing melodies around and things like that and I wonder but for Andy would Dermy have been so keen on that and um, then in turn would I. So there's, there's a lot of tunes that I, I find interesting to play that would have kind of been through that process three times over. You know, tune Andy would have learned from somebody, Dermy would have learned from him, and then I've learned, and each of us have messed around with it. And uh, it's just kind of the, the folk process in, in action and a bit of healthy disrespect <laughs> for the for the tune doesn't go astray. I'm, I'm you know? glad you mentioned that phrase. I, ha- I had that written down here. <laughs> A healthy disrespect for the tune in the best possible way. Um, well, you know, you were mentioning the sort of the fiddle duets and and um, the the relate the, the the fact that he liked playing with other fiddle players. And we were lucky this week as, again that we uh, found um, about. 20 minutes or 25 minutes I think of music uh, recorded with uh, Andy and Dermy Diamond playing together and again this is from a collection of recordings donated by Marcus O'Murhu to the Irish Traditional Music Archive and Marcus was also someone who knew Andy from the time they were teenagers and he was a huge inspiration and a great friend to him too but there's there's lovely weaving between the two fiddles in these tunes isn't there? Oh, I was just delighted to hear this Aoife it was and my, I was saying earlier my dad was blown away to hear himself back um, across the years it's it's absolutely gorgeous music
Jeremy Diamond and the late Andy Dixon on Fiddle there, recorded by their friend Marcus O'Murhu in 1985. And a very special thanks to Marcus and the very patient Alan Woods in the Irish Traditional Music Archive for all his help gathering this music together for tonight's Rolling Wave. Um, Danny, Andy Dixon died in April, so that was during the early the early days of the, the pandemic. So friends and family couldn't gather for the funeral. Um, that was that was rough, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to Jerry McCartney about that on uh, Zoom there the other day. And yeah, I suppose even this chat that we're having is, is part of the grieving process and uh, allowing people to pay tribute to Andy and acknowledge that he's gone and acknowledge all the, the great contributions he made while he was here and you know one thing we didn't mention but it is important and kind of only really just well although I think you knew about it you didn't know the scope of it is the fact that he he wrote tunes and not just one or two but seemingly quite a lot of them indeed I was in touch with Anne Bailey Andy's partner and Anne said Andy had composed over 2,000 original tunes um I was blown away I knew he'd been composing music um, in private, you know, he wouldn't have shared it very publicly at all, not much of it. Um, but I, I wasn't aware of that extent. And Anne said he's also got arrangements notated uh, that there's an even greater number of those. And she's keen as part of his la- ongoing and kind of future legacy to make those available in some form, maybe online. I'm not quite sure. But to to turn that private collection public and let others use it and then we we found via Anne uh, this incredible recording of a tune which she has titled One for the Road which was written by Andy on the morning of the day he died he died quite suddenly of an aneurysm um, this spring at the start of the the pandemic and uh, yeah it's uncanny to think that he, he wrote this tune only hours before he was gone and Talia Blacking recorded it just on on her phone for Anne and and has agreed to share the recording with us. Blacking on fiddle there playing Andy Dixon's last tune, the last tune he wrote called One for the Road. And finally, Danny, before I let you go, Danny Diamond, you're talking to us tonight from Minneapolis. How long have you been living in Minneapolis and what prompted that move? Um, It feels like some days it feels like I've been here for five days and other times it feels like I've been here for a thousand years. But I think it's been (laughs) um, it's been about 18 months the move was prompted by my the fact that I'm married to Anna Lethard, who's a Minneapolitan, as they say, and uh, Anna got a, a job over here and uh, we were bouncing around Ireland trying to, to live in a kind of an unconventional way with me as the breadwinner working as a self-employed musician, which was a interesting period, but, but we were kind of much more, um, we have a much more conventional life over here which is enjoyable but we hadn't anticipated of course the uh the events that would happen not just the pandemic but locally here in in minneapolis we our neighborhood has been in the thick of where the uh 
the riots around George Floyd, Floyd's murder in the summer happened. And so we were kind of the, in the thick of American life this year in all its complications and craziness. And uh, I was actually phoning up my parents in the summer for advice from the 70s in Belfast of, you know, what to do when there are rubber bullets flying on your street and things like that. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. And uh, and I presume then because of COVID as well, you haven't been able to, to come or go at all over that period of time either. It's funny, like we've been, we bought a, a place to live which was absolutely ruined. So it's been great to have the time and I've learned how to, belatedly learned how to use a drill and things like that and been doing home improvements <laughs> and it's finally coming together. But like, yeah, uh, on the other side, I've, I think I made five different plans um, to go home for extended periods uh, during the last year and they've all been knocked in the head. So I'm, I'm hoping that the summer maybe. But luckily, like I'm able to I've been doing a lot of music teaching with uh, a school here called the Centre for Irish Music, who are a great institution here in the Midwest in St. Paul, Minnesota, the Twin City, the other side of Minneapolis. And um, it's all online. And then I've been doing some research with NUIG into making music out of weather and eventually hopefully climate change information to, to kind of compose tunes out of out of that material. Uh, so I've been busy enough in unconventional ways, you know. We don't have a huge amount of time left, but you might. Can you tell me very briefly how one makes music out of weather data? Oh, goodness. Yeah, um, it's for <laughs> me, it's fascinating. Anyway, we're trying to decode how tunes are constructed. To, to look at the kind of musical melodic building blocks of traditional tunes, these little riffs, you know, that tunes are t- not usually just note after note. They're usually little, like a jig would have little three note blocks. Um, to decode those, get them all gathered up in a database, irrespective of key and things like that, just these little shapes. And then to kind of reassemble music from those in different, you know, that's very flexible tool then to, to build new music from. And you could map various different things. I was joking that you could map, you know, anything from probably your emails to your taxes to it. But the thing that we find probably is going to be the best test bed um, is the the weather data. It just really captures people's imagination. (laughs) I think a lot of people would also enjoy making music from emails and taxes. (laughs) So maybe that's the next step. Um, Okay, well, look, just just finally, finally, before you go, you have a new album coming out. Tell me about that. When will that be out? That record is called Let Fly and it'll be out. We'll be launching it with an online concert with the Celtic Junction Irish Centre here in in St. Paul next month and I think it's going to be the 27th of February and it'll come out from then on it's called Let Fly and it's myself on fiddle with Brian Miller on guitar and bazooki Brian's a brilliant uh, friend and great musician here uh, another archivist and traditional music nerd and it's been fantastic to play some music together during lockdown Brian's so busy uh, he runs a archive an Irish studies archive here and teaches a lot of music and performs in different projects but for lockdown we mightn't have had the chance to put this together and a lot of the, the material again like I mean Andy's death is kind of um, central to it a lot like the, the tunes don't all come from Andy I'm not sure if any single tune does but just the spirit of it and the kind of style of playing it's it's definitely for me a kind of a back to roots thing after years of playing more left field stuff and it, it feels really good to to reconnect with just playing, playing northern tunes. 
Okay, well, look, Danny Diamond, I wish you the very best of luck with it all. And thanks so much for talking to us tonight about the music of Andy Dixon, who um, uh, I think is a fiddle player that, uh, you know, probably isn't as well known as as maybe he should be. And it's nice that we were able to to gather all this music together tonight to play on the programme. So thanks a million for for helping us do that. We're going to take one more track from that uh, newly discovered recording with um, Andy Dixon and Jeremy Diamond on fiddle from Marcus O'Murhu's collection. And this is The Humours of Glynn. And uh, Danny Diamond, thank you very much indeed. Thanks so much for having me, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Rolling Wave podcast. For rights reasons, the music here is shorter than in the original broadcast. So if you'd like to hear the full versions of the tunes, you can go to rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash the rolling wave. And this program was first broadcast on the 10th of January 2021. Till the next time, Guramila Mahagi Agaslav.